Hey, Harpy Hour fans. Here's a new way to earn yourselves a coveted Harpy Hour logo sticker and get a shout out from us in an episode. Just tag us at Harpy Hour Pod on an original social media post. So not a retweet, but something you wrote yourself telling your friends how much you love us. Next, DM us your mailing address straight from your social media account or email us along with a screenshot of your post to harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. You won't get another sticker if you already got one in our last giveaway, but let your friends know anyways so they can participate and get a matching sticker. We're only giving away up to 20 stickers, but if you miss out, you can also get one by supporting us on Patreon. Now, before you enjoy the episode, check out this promo from another awesome podcast to add to your list and stick around for Harpy Hour. Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm a teacher in Georgia. And I'm Talia, and I'm studying to be a crime scene tech in Colorado. Join us every week as we enjoy a cocktail or two. And bring you stories that we find fascinating and scary. (laughs) Some make us laugh, and a few make us cry. But every single one keeps us up at night. So grab a drink and listen as we spin the wheel of murder to determine our category for the next episode. A teacher and a crime scene tech walk into a bar, available wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour, the harpiest of all the hours, all of them, and we are the Harpies. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. And this is our podcast where we take it away, Steph. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Nope. Too much. Too much. There are ridiculous stories in history, science, (laughs) entertainment. Oh, boy. (laughs) Basically, anything that's far too. Basically anything that sparks our interest and maybe yours too. Nope, you failed. You don't get the role anymore. Steph's fired. She (laughs) fucked up. I wasn't told. I didn't know. We just assumed you would do it. (laughs) This whole thing is about spontaneity. Like, (laughs) did you just say spontaneity instead of spontaneity? spontaneity. Yes, Yes. Yes. Liz is also fired. Oh God, it's just me now, guys. Tracy, it's just the Tracy show now. (laughs) I mean, I would listen. to yourself well we have a special announcement today <laughs> we sure do Woo! is anyone gonna announce it oh i guess i'll do it no i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it it's the tracy show <laughs> it was my turn i'm the only one who hasn't fucked up yet <laughs> we have new patreon tiers hooray the end. okay you can explain it liz I announced it. I got my glory already. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So we've been on Patreon for a while. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Harpy Hour or Harpy Hour Podcast. I probably should have looked at it. I think it's Harpy Hour Podcast. Slash Harpy Hour Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Literally the worst. (sighs) But we now have a new tier. So as of right now, you can support a harpy in need for as low as $1 There are so many month. harpies in need, actually. <laughs> we should have Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. Not just three. We're just the most prominent three. Harpies in need all over the world. It's true. Oh, it's Harpy Hour Pod. Yeah, I was going to say, it's slash Harpy Hour Pod. Far away. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> now she's auditioning for your role, Tracy. I mean, she can't have it. <laughs> she can't have it. So for $1 a month, you can be a Scientista, and this gets you access to all of our extra content, our Patreon-only content that we release monthly only on Patreon. And then there are higher tiers as well, where you can get stickers, you can get shoutouts on air, you can get an Ask Me Anything episode, you can even pick a topic for us if you sign up. And why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to give us all of your money? So that you can get swag and, you know, potentially hang out with us on air. You know, not really, but, you know, (laughs) in spirit, (laughs) facilitate an on air conversation. At the highest tier, you get to become an honorary harpy. I mean, who doesn't want that? 
then maybe you would be eligible for all of those harpy donations that we just talked about. No. Sponsor no. a harpy. No. <laughs> I mean, eligible doesn't mean you're going to so they're going to donate it. money to us so that they can get some of the donated money. That makes no sense. Eligible, asterisk, no. Yeah, exactly. They just have to read the fine print. You guys are so bad See at the this. the fine print. No. You are not good at the scam. Not good. I don't like to scam our listeners. At the very least, join us for extra laughs. Yes. Lots of extra laughs. So yeah, do that. Do it. Anyway. Anyway. So guys, I am now fully vaccinated against COVID. Uh, A week ago, I got... A week and a day ago, I got my second COVID vaccine. And... I know you've probably heard people talk about like the side effects that they get. I told you some of them that I was having. So like that night I had some body aches. I was kind of hot and cold. I was a little bit nauseous. Essentially stepsis. Wasn't as bad as stepsis. Not as bad as stepsis. But I didn't tell you about the one other side effect that I had. Oh, please be uncontrollable farts. I was going to say shitting. Oh, Mm -mm. My nipples hurt. Oh. It's the nipple clamps. Not yeah. from the Not clamps. From the nipple clamps. Don't blame the vaccine. Mm-mm, no nipple clamps. Yeah, we all know the real story. Craig will was be not, so pleased. Was not nipple clamping, was not nipple tweaking. They were just very tender. Hmm. And so with that, plus the nausea that I was getting, I ended up peeing on a stick. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. I told Eric, I was like, my nipples are really sore and it lasted for like a few days. And he was like, I feel like that plus the nausea. Like, I know you got an IUD, but we need, we need to be safe here. So we went to a pharmacy. At this point, it's too late to be safe. Yeah. At that, that, well, at that, that point, it's sailed. already done. <laughs> need to be safe as in figure out what we're, what we're working with here. So he took me to the pharmacy and I was looking at all the U-preg- the urine pregnancy test, trying to figure out, like, what is the difference? <laughs> that would be an amazing marketing campaign if it was just called U-preg. <laughs> like how you said it. U-preg. That's what we call it in the ER, U-preg, urine pregnancy test. Yeah. Um, so, U-preg. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I never thought of that. I don't know if this is a myth, but I've heard that, like, the pregnancy test you get, like, at the doctor is just, like, no different than an off-the-shelf. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact one. Yeah. yeah. Except it comes right. in like a little cartridge at the doctor's office and we charge you like way more money for it. But anyway, we're like standing there in front of the aisle, like looking at all the different tests. And I'm just like trying to figure out like, what's the difference? Is it okay if I just get like the cheap one? I accidentally reached for like the two pack and he was like, oh, you think we're going to need more of this? <laughs> well, <you laughs> Got to double check. Verify. Got yeah. Well, we're going to, we'll check you too. You know? <laughs> I like that he needs it as well. Yeah. Anyway, so very anxious for several hours and then finally got home, got to pee on the stick. I'm not pregnant. My nips are no longer Nobody sore. Nobody thought you were pregnant. Like, uh, Well, you know what? He got me nervous. <laughs> this would be one hell of a way to announce it. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, you guys are going to be aunties. No, I'm just kidding. Are the two of us finding out on air with everyone else? Like, <laughs> if anything, you'd rude. be finding out on air that I was planning a trip to Planned Parenthood. Oh, okay, um, great. <laughs> But yeah, so that was an unusual side effect. I have yet to find anyone else who has had the same side effect, but bottom line, not pregnant. If you get your COVID vaccine, watch out for tender nips. Let me know if you have it. So far, I am the only one I know who has had this weird Hashtag side not a mother. Hashtag not pregnant. <laughs> oh Hashtag you not preg. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag you reg. Celebration emoji. Get it? Like regular? Well, also, it says on the thing, like, oh, it can predict uh, pregnancy up to X number of days. Like, this, the longer it's been since your missed period, the more accurate it is. I'm like, right. I haven't had a period in, like, three years or four years or something like You're that. You're just very <laughs> pregnant. You've been very pregnant this whole time. Because <laughs> I have an IUD. What kind of animal gestates for that long? What oh, are you dear. going to give birth to? Hold on. I'm Googling longest gestating animal. It's probably like a whale or something. But if you're only like a day early or something, it's only like 53%. So I'm like, should I take another one? But now my nips are not tender. So I think I'm fine. African elephant mm, is like 465 days. That's like, that's like closer to two years. Yeah. That's, that's too long. Jeez. That's way too long. No. That's why they're endangered. 
Ugh. Oh my god. They're in the, like ten thousandth trimester. Ugh. Oh my god. That's exaggeration. I'm just now my nipples hurt. I think it's psychosomatic. Oh god. <laughs> oh no. Oh shit, I forgot to take my Brit No, I didn't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Herpy Hour, Tracy's pregnant. <laughs> oh my god. You ju- I just had like the shortest panic attack of all time. We heard it. Yeah, you were all there on that journey with me. <laughs> oh dear. All right, that's enough. Let's get on with this. My nipples are tender now. Oh my god. It's contagious. <laughs> Is the vaccine contagious too? Like, am I inoculated because my nipples are tender? I don't think it works that way. That's not how that works? No, that's not. That's not science. Oh. Rude. I'm not paid to be the scientist here. (laughs) Mm -mm. We're not paid at all. (laughs) That's true. Oh, Liz. Liz, it's your episode. Tease me. Oh, right. I totally forgot about this. I was just about just to now. do the doo doo doos. I know. Well, tease <laughs> me instead, please. Not my nipples. They're very tender. <laughs> They're like erect now, you guys. That's weird. Don't say uh, that. Well, that's they all. are. Okay. Anyway, tease me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of what my teaser is going to do to you. This is oh my, my new God. favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this will excite you. Oh, mm. freewheeling feminism. Ooh. Ooh. Hard as rocks. <laughs> Sploosh. Stone Ooh. nipples. Sliding off my seat. Ugh. I know. That's grotesque. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So I'm going to talk about a woman named Annie Cohen. She was born in Latvia in guess what century? Ah, the 19th century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was born in 1870. Ooh, so her toward f- the end. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> her family <laughs> moved to Boston when she was five. Oh, my God. It has everything you care about. That's why it's a Liz segment. <laughs> 1800s Boston. We've identified it. <laughs> everything Liz holds dear. Boston hardly plays a role in this at all. Oh, disappointing. They got but a shout out. <laughs> she... They moved into West Roxbury, which is a neighborhood in Boston, which, yes, we call Westie. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. That's also a kind of dog. My friend has that kind of dog. Wait, so there's, no, there's Southie and there's Westie, but North End is not Northie? Yeah, so That's I don't know if this is officially the like naming logic, but my, my guess is that Westie, Eastie, and Selfie get their nicknames because they're just West Roxbury, East Boston, South Boston. Oh, so it's an abbreviation rather than yeah. direction. The North End is, is not, not yeah. North anything. It's just the North End. It doesn't mm. get Northy. They just ran out of names, it seems uh, like. I don't like When it. they were labeling. I would say go home Boston, you're drunk, but that's just obvious. <laughs> and they are home drunk they, at yep. home they are in their houses drinking drunk. excessively mm-hmm. like like we all are to be honest we've all become Boston I'm gonna forever call North End Northy I don't care <laughs> I mean absolutely walk around the North End and say that to people that'll be our next <laughs> Patreon tier Mayor of Northy <laughs> not afraid of you Boston <laughs> come at me bro <laughs> Good luck. I say from a country in an ocean exactly. away. <laughs> say from the opposite coast. <laughs> from the safety of Honolulu. Could not be farther yeah. from Boston. Yeah. And still be in the U.S. All right, Liz, go on. Sorry. Well, like- <laughs> we, digre- we digressed. <laughs> I intended for that. Okay, great. So Annie, we don't really know a whole lot about her early life, but we know that at 18 years old, she got married. And so she became Annie Poor Cohen Kobchofsky. Oh. Mm. Even poorer choice, she went on to have three kids. Mm. Uh, three, is, three is decent for the 1800s, though. Like, she that's, preg. That's still the she egg. <laughs> that is st- three times she preg. That's, that's still the era where, ki- where people are having, like, ten kids, you know? Yeah. Well, so at the age of 23 years old, she had 
her three kids that were all under the age of five years old. Okay, never mind. I retract all of the sanity I gave her before. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah, and she also thought that was insane and was like, fuck this. Oh, good. Good for her. Okay. So she pretty much runs away from home on a bicycle. Cool. (laughs) Guys, I I have a, a friend who has children. And this is a few years ago. We were out somewhere and she was like, oh, you know, you don't want kids, but, you know, maybe someday you'll change your mind. And I said, maybe someday you'll change yours. And she's like, uh, I already have kids. I'm like, you could change your mind about whether or not you want them. <laughs> I think that's already happened. Guaranteed that has already happened. Sue Lucas tells me regularly that she would prefer to not have children anymore. <laughs> Like, that's fair, mom. I get it. So she hates this life and she runs away from home on a bicycle. Are you allowed to do that as an adult? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's shitty leaving somebody else with the kids. (laughs) But I mean, people do it. You're allowed. I think Craig would rather I run away from the children than run away from the cats because then he has to care for the cats. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, He would totally... Adopt them out to somebody else. Oh, adopt them? That's that's best case scenario. <laughs> no, adopt them out to somebody else. Like, put them up for adoption. Give them away. I don't think he puts them up for adoption. No, he probably just puts them in a shelter or just kicks them out of the house. I think he just abandons them yeah. on a mountain or feeds them to, like, the I pond. He would have to go out of his way to bring those two things to a mountain. He, like... I, I'm envisioning him putting them on a raft and like setting them afloat in the pond outside and like never coming back. Mm. <laughs> it's not great. I'm not proud of this. With the ducks. <laughs> yeah, they would be with the ducks. They would have friends. They'd be swimming with the fishes. Mm. <laughs> back to Boston. <laughs> Forget about it. So the whole running away from home thing is my dramatic interpretation, but I really don't think it's that far off from the truth. So here's what happened. If she didn't come back, that's what happened. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So slightly before she leaves home, there's a bet that happens in the Boston area where a former Harvard student named E.C. Pfeiffer alleges that he accepted a bet that he could bicycle around the world in one year. What about oceans? We'll get to it. Okay. (laughs) Did he build channels all around the world? All around the world. Oh, I imagine just like boats and the entire time he's on the boat, he's on a stationary bicycle. (laughs) Boats, boats, boats. (laughs) Never stop cycling. Tell me that you guys got the How I Met Your Mother reference. Boats, boats, boats. Boats, boats, boats. She is actually a massive Broadway star, but continue. That's not, that's neither here nor there. So the bet was allegedly for $5,000 and it gets some, I don't know how national of attention he got, but like people started talking about it. And it turns out a few weeks later, he confessed that the whole bet was fake. Like he just made it up for attention. Boo. Nobody ever bet him in a bar that he could, you know, bicycle around the world. I mean, you can't prove that that didn't happen. He should have just ridden it out, for lack of a better term. Mm. (laughs) Well, later on that year, two rich Boston men also allegedly placed a $10,000 bet that no woman could travel around the world by bicycle in 15 months. Why? Why? (laughs) Why do we do this? (laughs) Okay. It is also very likely that this bet never happened and Annie Cohen Kopchowski made it up for attention because she wanted to run away from home and needed a good excuse. <laughs> that's your theory or is that what like, you read? <laughs> I think that's editorializing, but also <laughs> not that far from the truth. Yeah. <laughs> a little column A, a little column B. Okay. Mm. So at the time, there was a man named Thomas Stevens, and he had become the first person to bike around the world a few years earlier. Oh, so they're like bouncing off of that, basically. Yes. Just, okay. All right. Well, that's a little more explicable. And so the men who placed the bet, again, allegedly argued that like no woman was capable to do the same thing. 
and she was like, oh yeah, watch me. I mean, good for her. It's widely believed that she just concocted this whole story up to promote herself and to satisfy her thirst for adventure. She needed to have a reason to go leave home and bicycle around the world. Where was this like, was this like in the papers? Like, is this just a rumor mill? Like, where is this being touted about that this was a bet or not? I believe it's in the papers. Okay, got it. I feel like that's how everything gets disseminated in that era. Did she tweet about it? Because she started giving interviews and stuff. So um, I believe it was like, you know, local journals or maybe just gossip magazines. Okay. Who knows? She was quoted as saying in an interview, I didn't want to spend my life at home with a baby under my apron every year. So I think that pretty much addresses her motivation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. So she very likely makes up this bet to give her a reason to go, you know, do this crazy thing. Of all of the ways that she could have defied the norms, I think this is the most interesting, considering that she had never before in her life ridden a bike. Oh. This was her first rodeo. (laughs) I know a little something about not riding a bike for a long time and trying to do it. Well, hurt. you knew how, you just hadn't. I yeah, hadn't done it that's in years. Different. <laughs> and then the first time I pick up a bicycle, I lacerate my liver. She had never ridden a bike. And she was like, yes, I will bike around the world. That sounds like a great idea. This is like the people who never ran and then that's decided true, to do the cross-country marathon. Yeah. That's like me waking up one day and being like, I think I'll just helicopter to Beijing today. Like, there are so many intermediate steps that you're missing. <laughs> I'm going to climb Everest. Okay. No. I no. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, please don't. Asterisk, no. <laughs> That's the fine print. The fine print is absolutely not. Read the fine print. <laughs> so, before I get into her journey, I'm going to talk a little bit about cycling at the time. So, up until this point in history, Cycling was really kind of just like an acrobatic stunt. So I, I picture those bicycles that just had like the big giant circus wheel and then like the second little baby yes. wheel. Yes. And it's like, how are you balanced? This is insane. Was that like an, that was just, that was not an actual means of transportation. That was just like an act. Yeah. So it was considered to be something very skilled and kind of circusy, kind of like walking on stilts or whatever. Or like a unicycle. Yeah. Though there are some weirdos nowadays that use those for transportation. Yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 it didn't start as something that was just for casual recreational use. It was like a specialized thing. Like you could go down to the square and watch a guy riding around on his bicycle and like throw money in his hat or something like that. Like it was kind of a novelty. Okay. But then there were advancements that started to make bicycles safer and more widely accessible. So by the 1890s, and so this is it's the 1890s when uh, Anne turns you know, 23 and starts her adventure. So by this point in time, they are mass produced and are more commonly used, especially amongst men for uh, recreational use or for commuting, like city commuting to work. Is it still the one with the giant wheel and the baby wheel? No, or had they figured out that no, they need yeah. to make it. At this it, point, it, it more closely resembles what we know okay, now. Just picturing her now, she's doing this around the world thing on this ridiculous tall. Guys, <laughs> quick anecdote. So we got a Peloton for uh, Christmas. We've heard. Yes. And uh, I found my favorite name, which is I Can't Feel My Vulva. That's someone's username. <laughs> I friended her. She has no idea who I am. She's actually in Boston. Oh, and oh. uh yeah i she has no idea who i am but she accepted my friend request i hope huh. she's a listener and here's i hope so too i can't feel my vulva if you're out Shout there out. <laughs> if you're out there what if i love you she is eliza oh my god eliza. oh my god eliza <sighs> well around this time Bicycles were also starting to become a part of the early women's movement. Ooh. Yay! Hmm. The bicycle craze in the 1890s was providing women with an independent method of transportation and freedom in their clothing. So oh. it's basically because of bicycling that women start to wear bloomers. Oh my. Oh. 
And they probably can't own cars yet. So this is like... Bloomers are what goes under their dress. Yeah, they're like the kind of loose pantaloon things. Yeah, so you like hike up your dress and just bike in your bloomers. So before they didn't have anything under their dress. So they're not wearing pants yet. They're just wearing bloomers. But they have like an in-between kind of thing going on. It's the step one of the transformation. Yes. Step one. Cut a hole in the box. Two. (laughs) Make open the box. Three, like around in your blooms. <laughs> That's the way you do it. I bike in my blooms. Bike in my blooms, babe. Right, Liz, you need to end this. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. A suffragist you may know, Susan B. Anthony, oh, was quoted in suffragist. an interview as saying that bicycling has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. Including women themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. It makes her feel as if she were independent. I like how it doesn't make her independent. It makes her feel as if she were independent. It gives the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> She's not really. It's We all know it's a lie. She's telling herself. But, but it makes her she feel gets better. to tell herself that lie. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. So this is just what's happening in the world of, of bicycling at the time. Okay. Um, so this is, you know, kind of a monumental thing that Anne is taking on this adventure. Okay. The trip. To prepare, she needs a bicycle, obviously. Step one, get yeah. a bicycle. <laughs> Step one, get a bicycle. Step one, <laughs> buy a bike of your own. Two. Keep going. Uh-huh. I, I don't know yeah. why you're letting me continue. <laughs> yeah, don't give her time for this. <laughs> so hearing about the bet through papers or the rumor mill or whatever, a local bike producer from Boston gave her a Columbia bicycle. Oh, that so was they nice. just like donated this to her. Okay. This particular bicycle did not allow for freewheeling. Do you know what freewheeling means? And bicycle I'm free, freewheeling. No, I'm gonna I take do that not. as a no. No. Uh, <laughs> so freewheeling is basically like the ability to just coast along on a I bike. I was gonna guess that like when you pedal oh, and you're sure. going and then you stop pedaling and then it just kind of keeps going. Is that exactly? Yeah, yeah. coasting essentially. Yeah. So like when you gain speed or if you're going downhill, you can stop pedaling and the wheels will still go. Okay. But bikes that don't allow for freewheeling, basically it means that if you're pedaling really, really fast and then you want to coast, you have to take your feet off of the pedals because Mm -hmm. the pedals are going to still keep moving at the speed of the wheel. Oh, okay, sure. So they're independent. Yeah. If you're going rapidly downhill, there's no way that your feet are going to move as fast as those pedals are spinning. Right. Right. So you like you can't. Yeah. The, the pedals sense. are going to go with the wheels. So so you can't freewheel. So that's why like people in the early days would be seen biking around with like sticking their feet, their feet out. out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, OK. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that was just like a choice. Yeah. Like a showing <laughs> off thing. Like, look, I'm like, look at me. Yeah. So that was, you know, a very generous gift, but it was just a, you know, a con associated with the bike. OK. It was also 42 pounds, the bike. And just for comparison, to put those, you know, in perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that seems too heavy. A typical bike nowadays is between 17 to 25 pounds, depending on. So so more than double. That seems much heavier even than those clunky rental bikes in D.C. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They... The city bikes and yeah, the city bikes bikes that they have in like major metropolitan areas. Yeah, we have them here too. They're called Beaky bikes. Yeah, they have them in. I think city bike is New York, and I think I don't remember what DC is. Yeah, those big red clunky bicycles. So on this bike, she can't freewheel, and it's heavy as shit. Okay, but she gets it for free. She also on the bike hangs like a placard that advertises the New Hampshire's London Dairy Lithia Spring Water Company, for which they paid her $100, which in today's money is $3,000. So basically, like, now she's an advertisement. Like, she's oh. finding ways to make money. This makes me think of, like, how she's getting cyclists sponsors. nowadays, yeah, they have their, yeah, you for know, sure. sh- those skin-tight, like, shirts with the sponsors on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, like, NASCAR cars having, like, Colgate and stuff on them. Yeah. And, like, every soccer team ever in Europe. Mm. In addition to carrying the sign, she also agrees 
throughout the duration of her trip to go by the name Annie Londonderry. So again, this is Londonderry Spring Water Company. And Mm. she agrees that for her adventure, she will call herself Annie Londonderry. So essentially, she's Annie like Dasani or Aquafina or some shit like that. (laughs) Annie Aquafina. All right. So it sounds like this is, you know, you called her running away from home, but this was a very like planned, coordinated thing. Like, how did her husband feel? About her, They're, like, I'm going to fucking peace out. You take care of the kids for a couple of years. No notes. No notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, great. His opinion doesn't matter. She's a freewheeling feminist. Death. She clearly is. <laughs> Damn. She's not freewheeling. She cannot freewheel. <laughs> so, actually, when I read that, I was thinking, that's a lot. I don't know if, you, like, if that's enough money for me to change my name for this endeavor. Yeah, that seems like a lot. But uh, I guess it helped her, or she felt like it helped her in her safety because she was a Jewish woman and anti-Semitism was unfortunately Mm. a huge problem. And Mm. with her name, like, Cohen Kopchowski, she thought it would be in her best interest to accept this offer to go buy a more... You know, even though maybe London Dairy Water, people don't know that across the country or the world. It's just, it would be better for her as a mm-hmm. woman traveling solo. Yeah, that's um, fair. To have like a less yeah. targeted name. Makes sense. All right. And then she also received additional income from other advertising on her body. So like ribbons and like signs that she like hang around her neck on her chest. Um, so she like put all sorts of things uh, on her bike to advertise for things like you know, bike products, like tires, all the way to perfume. She's a woman. Right. Okay. So finally, though, she has everything she needs to hit the road. Okay. So starting on June 27th, 1894, she sets off from Boston. Even though bloomers were becoming more popular and acceptable for women to wear, she wore a long skirt as well as a corset what? And a high collar. Why? No. In June for her cross country bike. Is she nope. like, does she have a bag packed with her to like changes of clothes and shit? I think she has one change of clothes. Nope. Why would that be like oh strongly reject? No. <laughs> I, 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 why would I can't imagine doing any kind of like athletic endeavor with like a giant skirt on and a high collar? Like, oh. Ugh horrific horrific yeah so she carried one change of clothes and a small pistol just you know in case for safety yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay the first leg of her trip was from boston to chicago and she only averaged between eight to ten miles per day which is very poor. I do that in a spin class. Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, that's very poor Well, you're not wearing a skirt and a high-colored blouse. I mean, fair, but still. And a corset. A corset. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. So the average cyclist on a long-distance tour these days can usually average between 40 to 60 miles in comparison to her lousy 8 to 10. I mean, the runners in... The cross-country marathon thing, the Bunyan Derby, they did as many as, like, I don't even remember. It was at least, like, 17 or... I think that sometimes it was, like, 30 or 40 miles yeah. in a day. On their feet. <laughs> On their feet. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Inappropriate athletic wear, mind you. Finally, she arrives in Chicago three months later. Ugh. She's lost 20 pounds and mm, yeah. the desire to continue. Yes. <laughs> And her will to live. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, at this point, she realizes that she's so far behind schedule that there's no way she could make it across like the other portion of the country before the snow comes. Like, and she still has mountains, like literally, you know. Oh my god! She has to get through mountain ranges. No, it's painfully slow. Oh yeah, I could walk more than ten miles in a day. I would not be happy about it, but I would. Not even run, just walk. Mm-hmm. Ugh, miserable. I hate it. So she was considering giving up, to returning back to Boston when she met with Sterling Cycle Works. So she 
was kind of laying over in Chicago, figuring out her next moves, and she stopped into this other cycling company. They offered to sponsor the rest of her trip and gave her a new bike. Yay! Well, that was nice. Yeah. Is she freewheel now? Yes. She, so this bike allows for freewheeling. Fun fact, it does not have brakes. Oh. oh. <laughs> so that oh. makes freewheeling especially more terrifying if you're yes. just like going downhill willy-nilly and you oh can't stop yourself. <laughs> oh my God, no. Oh, oh my God, my. no. But it was also 20 pounds lighter than her Columbia Oh yeah, I bike, forgot the thing so. was like 40 fucking pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Doesn't help. The 40 pound bike with no freewheeling and a corset, like, <laughs> surprised she made it to Chicago. This is awful. Yeah. I hate it. So she trades the bike, still has to make compromises. You know, you can't have it all. Yeah, I guess not. At this point, she also finally switches to bloomers. There you go. Thank God. I don't know at what point in her trip she made her next wardrobe decision, but she eventually also transitioned into wearing men's riding suits. And that made people very angry. Because oh, bloomers oh, are one God. thing. A men's riding suit Jeez. is a no. Okay. No. Scandalous. So even though she, you know, got more supplies, she felt reinvigorated and, you know, decided to keep going with her journey. It still didn't change the fact that she couldn't keep going from Chicago to the West Coast because of the weather. Like she was just behind schedule and that was no longer feasible. So. She turns around and she bikes to New York City. And on November 24th, 1894, she boards a ship to France. Ew. This, this feels like cheating. Well, it feels like she's starting over, really. Bike She's now back on yeah. the East Coast. Yeah. So she arrives in France. I don't know why, but apparently her bike was confiscated by custom officials. Her money oh. was taken. And the, fresh, the French press wrote insulting articles about her appearance. She was not very welcome when she arrived. Jeez. She still managed to free herself, get her bike back, and she rode across France. Go, girl. For most of this part of the journey, she was pedaling with only one foot because the other one was injured. And so she popped it up on the handlebars. She was like riding with one leg up on the handlebar and just pedaling with one other leg. That's so awkward. (laughs) Yeah, this is not like like, I thought you were going to say she was, like, just resting it on, like, the bar, you know, by the seat or something, like, on mm. the handlebars. It says the handlebars, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't like this. She made it across France, and then from there, she sailed to Egypt and India and China and Japan. So, now we're going to talk about the whole, like, cheating aspect of So, did she cycle wager. in these countries, too, or...? Yeah. So the wager, air quotes, because again, it probably did not exist. Right. But there was nothing to dictate like the like what the parameters of this bet or contest were. Right. There's this is not like a regulated challenge. Right. And so there is no uh, like mandated like minimum cycling distance that she needs to cover or like, you know, guidelines on how to do it so she just she's making it up as she goes along so she basically just sails from destination to destination and then does day trips on bike in that area and then like gets Mm -hmm. back on the boat and keeps going so she's not making mileage with these well i mean is she she gets to egypt does she like cycle across egypt to the other half other side of it and take a boat there i don't i don't or something it sounds just, like they're because they're day trips. It sounds like they're local, and she returns. So she just like same cycles port. around the city and goes back right. To the so same she's port. sightseeing. Yeah. She's not making yeah. mileage right. here. Okay. She's cycling in each destination, but not across or around. Yeah, that's the world. totally cheating. <laughs> that is, yeah. I was gonna say if she's like cycling across to a different port. No, if it was point A to point B, that's different. But it doesn't sound like that's what's happening. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think little... I don't have a lot of details on the first person, but the man I mentioned earlier who was credited as being the first person to bicycle around the world, you know, a few years before she tried this, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of details on his journey, but it sounds like in many ways it's very similar. So I think he just started going across like the country across the US and then he got the attention of like bicycling and travel magazines and then they kind of sponsored him to go to different places around the world and like bicycle and do features there. Mm-hmm. So I think it was also kind of similar. Like he just traveled to different places around the world and bicycled there. Okay. But like mm-hmm. he wasn't like bicycling as a means of transportation to get around the world. Um, again, though, I didn't look that deeply into his story, so I might be miscommunicating that, but that was the impression I got from some brief stuff. She was still also getting publicity everywhere she went. So during her travels, she gave lectures about her adventures, often exaggerating her exploits. Yeah, yeah, that seems right. Mm-hmm. In France, at various lectures, she described herself once as an orphan, another time as a wealthy heiress, another time as a Harvard medical student, again, as an inventor of a new method of stenography, which is a type of like shorthand that's really popular. Mm -hmm. And as the niece of a U.S. senator. So she's a pathological liar. (laughs) Great. Glad we've established this. But I mean, I guess at this point in time, it's hard to track what she says from place to place. There's no Twitter or international news feed reporting on this kind of thing. Later on, she would reflect uh, about her travels in India, where she says she hunted tigers with German royalty. And she says that when she was in Japan, she got sent to prison with a bullet wound from getting involved in the front lines of the Sino-Japanese War. Jesus. Also full of shit. Yeah. Jesus. Fuck. Like she's escalating. She needs to keep topping herself. Mm -hmm. Also... Hunting tigers, like, you're canceled in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. All throughout her journey, she also, this reminded me of um, the Bunyan Derby thing stuff that you Mm -hmm. covered. She sold promotional photos of herself. (laughs) (laughs) At her stops. (laughs) Autograph for an extra fee. Yep, autographs and souvenir pins and things like that. So she was just, she was really into the PR for herself. She was kind of killing it. Yeah. She's like the original influencer. Mm-hmm. She's a schwinfluencer. A what? A schwinfluencer. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh yes, yes. That that's some of my best work, guys. Copyright Harpy Hour. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna create a a second Instagram. Of oh my god, schwins! If oh you want god. to be a schwinfluencer, we need to get Schwin to be a sponsor. Oh god. <laughs> This is amazing. So she made it, you know, around the world back to the West Coast of the U.S. And while she may have taken like sailboats or steamships for most of her journey, she did legitimately like bike across the U.S. Okay. Mm -hmm. There was only one short portion where uh, it got too muddy and she had to take a train for a little bit. But for the most part, she did bike across the U.S. Okay. At one point, she was almost killed by a runaway horse and wagon. Oh. Yeah. Oh. She received minor injuries, but of course, in her exaggerated presentation at some like university lecture she was giving, she claimed that she had been knocked out and taken to a hospital where she coughed off blood for two days. Oh, I, mean, I don't believe anything this woman says. Yeah. No. She can say whatever the fuck she wants. We do have the receipts to show that that the night of the alleged incident, she was giving a lecture. She was not in the hospital. Okay. In Iowa, she broke her wrist when she crashed into a group of pigs. No additional context. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) And was forced to wear a cast for the remainder of her trip. I mean, it it happens. I mean, who among (laughs) us has not crashed into a pig? Yeah. Slowly raise his hand. <laughs> Is this back in the day when pigs just roamed the city? Like when I talked about medieval times? Herds Amazing. of pigs. Gangs. They needed lawyers. <laughs> Legal representation. I wonder mm-hmm. if she sued the pig. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, she makes it across the U.S. And 15 months to the day she returns to Boston. Okay. That's actually faster than I expected, considering her starting pace. 
She claimed in the end to have settled the bet and earned her money, although no one can verify this because nobody knows who the people are that she placed a bet with. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no record of said bet. How much was the bet? Supposedly $10,000. $10,000, yeah. Did you figure out how much that is in today's money? I did not. After she gets home, she collects her money. She never cycles again. <laughs> yeah, she's done enough. That's fair. No more. <laughs> Check, Strong please. Path. I'm done. Yeah. Burn this thing. After the trip, she accepted an offer to write about her adventures as the, quote, new woman. Mm-hmm. And the new woman is a feminist ideal that was emerging around that time, which refers to independent women seeking radical change. And so, you know, people wanted her to write about her adventures to inspire, you know, the feminist movement. Okay. She wrote, okay. as you can imagine, what was considered a highly suspect account of her journey. that seems right. (laughs) In the New York Sunday world. The headline was, quote, the most extraordinary journey ever undertaken by a woman. I mean, probably accurate at that point. Probably. Yeah. She received a lot of criticism that she traveled more with a bicycle than on a bicycle. (laughs) Which, I mean, true. Yes. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, like, you know, even though she did spend a lot of time getting around the world on a boat, she did prove to be a very formidable cyclist. And she was still breaking a lot of barriers with this adventure for what it represented and for Mm -hmm. what she did accomplish. Like she did bike across the U.S. one and a half times even. (laughs) (laughs) Consider the first leg. (laughs) So it is still, you know, however embellished and flawed the logic of the bicycling around the world journey was, it still Mm -hmm. was very monumental for the time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, she moved her family to New York City because she wanted to still, like, you know, be a journalist, but it didn't really take off. So she basically became an entrepreneur with her husband. They started a small clothing business, which was destroying a fire, and they used the insurance money, which sounds suspect, to start yeah. a new business. Um, yeah. She tried to be a saleswoman in California for a little while. She did end up having a fourth child. Don't know why. Uh- <laughs> Inexplicable. <laughs> I mean, it was probably an oops. I mean, this is yeah. just a series of poor choices. Like, mm-hmm. But she just lived what was described as like an entrepreneurial life, and she died at the age of 77. Good for her. Yes, that's that's a lot more for... cycling than I'll ever do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So even though you know the the tales of her journey, you have to be taken with a grain of salt. She really did sort of like redefine what women are capable of doing in a positive way. Okay, now, I accept. Yeah. Now, lastly, I know what you're all thinking. The question that you've been asking yourself this entire episode, and don't worry, I have the answer. Yes, there is a patron saint of bicycling. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise be. I, that was my next one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Madonna del Guisalo, which is not really a saint. It's a hill. Uh, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so the saint of bicycling is a fucking hill. <laughs> I mean, it's Oh, that's of, a bitch. It's a little complicated. It's a few things, but... It takes place in Italy, and it features a count whose name is Gasalo, and he was traveling through this region when he was attacked by bandits, but he saw an apparition of the Virgin Mary at this hilltop shrine, and he like ran to this apparition at the shrine, and he was saved from the bandits. And so that became known as the Madonna del Gisalo. So it's not a saint per se, it's the vision of Virgin Mary, like her apparition, her spirit ghost is the saint. Okay. At this location. So there's like, you know, there's like the Madonna of blah, 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 blah. Like, no. Yes. I don't. Tracy. I mean, I don't. <laughs> the appearance. So not the Virgin Mary herself, but the appearance of the Virgin Mary at different locations all kind of can be named independently for their uniqueness and can have their own patronages. Does that make any sense? Yes. Sure. To Tracy, it does. Not to Steph. That's fine. So again, not the Virgin Mary, but the apparition of the Virgin Mary became like the patron saint 
of travelers. And later on, this hilltop started to become a popular resting spot for cyclists and a stop along. Yeah, because they're exhausted from cycling up the goddamn hill. <laughs> yes. They need a breather. Especially if they can't coast down or have no brakes. They need to take a minute. <laughs> so it also got added to popular cycling routes and races. Eventually, like a local priest petitioned the Vatican in like the 1940s or something, Pope Pius uh, confirmed the spirit of the Virgin Mary to be the patronage of cyclists. Vatican approved cycling patron. So the name of the hill, like if you Googled Madonna del Gasalo, it's a hill. Like it's the name of the hill. And it's also the name of the apparition. And the shrine on the hill now features a small cycling museum and candles for all those who have died in cycling accidents. No word on whether or not Anne stopped at that hill on her journeys. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Tracy, that's you. Oh, yeah. I thought she was thinking real hard about the transition. I kind of was, but I came up with nothing, so I'm just going to do it. If you want to hear more shit about feminism, you can listen to Harpy Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please rate us and leave us a stunning review. Just glorious. Stunning only. Yes. If you want to share your freewheeling feminism stories... You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Harpy Hour Pod, and email us at harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Come say hi. Sure can. And as we talked about in the beginning, we are on Patreon. We have new tiers. We have lots of goodies, extra content, more extra content to come in the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So what? What you is don't want to miss out on that. Don't want to miss out on the, the extra no, jokes. You don't. You ever feel like you're missing out? Like you just aren't part of the joke? It's because it's from Patreon. So head on it's over true. there. Donate money to us. Help keep us on the air. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye.